Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this, guys? Me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday edition of the show. It is Takes on Takes Tuesday, my favorite segment of the week. Happy to be joined by you, Kyle, to get into the people's takes today and react. I'm ready. Well, takes on takes action on Tuesday. I know you like the the wee he to I, roll us in. I thought it was going to be a higher pitch there. I don't know what happened. Uh, like, no, I know my limitations. Yeah, no. I was given no musical or vocal talents at all, unfortunately. So I try and stay within my wheelhouse, which is like one octave. You never played an instrument, Kyle. I played drums. You know um, this. No, I didn't. I feel like this is new information. Yes, no, we both play drums. Your percussion skills are tremendous. Oh, I, didn't, that's, I didn't know this about you. You actually played like a kid or you played snare drum? Like what'd you do? I played the quad. No way. Yeah. I. That's great. That's tremendous information. I had no idea. Through, through middle school. Yep. Played the quad. Wow. Look at that. Fun facts on Kyle Krabs on this fine Tuesday. No, I mean this is not what anybody's here for. So no. to find out that I could hit four four different sized drum heads at the same time. Uh, but we are, what we are here for is takes on takes, in which the fine listeners of the Draft Dudes podcast give us their takes and opinions, and we react to them accordingly live on the show. Uh, Joe, we want to start this campaign early on today's show. If you have takes throughout the week, hashtag takes on takes us at grinding the tape or and at the Joe Marino give them to us throughout the week but you have to give us the hashtag takes on takes we may let them slip through the cracks if you don't put the hashtag in it we'll see it but we get a lot of interactions on a weekly basis so there's no guarantee we'll be able to circle back and find that take if you don't hit us with the hashtag takes on takes yes please very important piece of the puzzle here as we look to really ramp up the power of the people on the show and give them a voice. I know we have some repeat takers on this week's show versus last week's show, some fun takes that we're going to be digging into and more takes than last week, Joe, which is always an encouraging sign to see that there's more people who are giving us content for this podcast. Yes. And shall we start with good friend of the podcast, David Bolin, uh, from our good friend from, he's from Europe, right? Somewhere in Europe. Um, and, uh, what would takes on takes Tuesday without a, uh, West Virginia, West Virginia topic West. be, we couldn't do it without one. And so David satisfies that requirement for this Tuesday. And he says with Rodney Anderson out for this season, he's the running back from Oklahoma who tore, is, well, I guess he, they're saying knee injury, but it would seem it's a torn ACL. So with Rodney Anderson out for the season, West Virginia will win the Big 12 Conference. Kyle, what do you think about that? 
Well, it depends. Is it like a normal tear or is it like an Aaron Rodgers tear? Well, he's not playing this year. It doesn't matter for this, right? Well, I, I mean, we, we thought Aaron Rodgers' season was over for all of 30 minutes. Well, I mean, Oklahoma. And then Rodgers is sitting in the locker room watching Deshaun Kaiser try and throw a football into the chest of every Chicago Bear he can find. He said, nah, forget this. I'm playing this. We've, we've got Rodgers coming up in a couple of takes here. Woo! Yeah, you just – okay. I'll, I'll let it be. I still don't know if West Virginia I, – I will say this. I'm very encouraged by the defensive performance that we saw from West Virginia against Tennessee. Uh, they had some grad transfers. That nose tackle that they have – Coming in from USC is a beast. And uh, if they can get that kind of penetration on the nose all year long, then they are defensively going to be much, much, much better. Um, I still don't know if I'd pick West Virginia, but I would favor West Virginia right now in a game against Oklahoma head-to-head without Rodney Anderson and – Hollywood Brown's hurt, isn't he? Now that I didn't know. I didn't know that. Uh, I believe he had some kind of bang-up injury during their last uh, last game. So if that were the case, then yeah, I would probably favor West Virginia right now in a head-to-head. But I don't know if I would still pick West Virginia to win the Big 12. Um. So I yeah I still like Oklahoma. CD Lamb, another name there that gives them some firepower on offense. Uh, so still a really dynamic offense. You got to think a school like Oklahoma is going to have a pretty talented back. Now I do think Rodney Anderson is a clear cut top draft eligible running back in the nation, and I think he's a special player. That's obviously a big loss to this offense. I'm not quite ready to crown West Virginia Big Twelve champs right now. I'll tell you that I'm optimistic, and it probably has less to do with. Uh, Anderson being out for the year as it is how encouraged I am with what I've seen so far from West Virginia. I think their defense has played well. Now they've not played great offenses, but I think they're playing good ball uh, in terms of getting downhill and playing aggressive. And then I think Will Greer's just lights out right now. He he, he is at an, at a ridiculous comfort level in this offense. He knows where everybody is. And uh, you know, he's already talented when things break down to extend plays and hit throws, but like he just has such a command and feel for this offense that, you know, that's kind of making me a West Virginia believer more than anything that I've seen, or more than any implications that come from the Anderson injury. Not quite ready to call him the Big 12 champs, but I'm very high on West Virginia, more so than I was entering the season. Yeah, so we're kind of in the same boat right now, Joe. My producer did pull it up, and I can confirm Hollywood Brown did leave their last game with an injury. Okay. Uh, I am not able to have my producer secure how serious that is, but at the very least, he's banged up right now. So uh, both Rodney Anderson and Hollywood Brown left Oklahoma's last game. Ho- uh, Rodney is confirmed, uh, expected to be out for the year with a knee injury, which is unfortunate. And uh, we'll open the door for West Virginia. Joe, uh, we had mentioned repeat takers. Mike is back for his second consecutive the week, week with a take, and he's saying Clayton Thorson, I love this take, and Nick Fitzgerald are both, quote, right-handed Tebow's and should join the Mets rather than pursuing an NFL career. Joe, as a Mets fan, it's very fitting that you field this question first. Well, the Mets actually have good pitchers. Uh, That's about it. Um, Yeah, the the spirit of this take I'm in line with completely. I'm not high on Fitzgerald or Thorson as NFL quarterbacks. I think if you watch the games this week, uh, Thorson against Duke, 
you saw just a really erratic thrower. I mean, just uh, the decision-making, the ball placement, really, really poor for a guy that started, started north of 40 games for his career. Fitzgerald's a guy that, yeah, I think I think the Tebow comparisons are probably pretty good, especially when it comes to him because you get that uh, mobility with him. I, I Neither one of these guys are guys that I'm uh, bullish on as NFL quarterbacks. I don't know that they're going to have baseball careers or anything like that, but I'm certainly not high on them as NFL quarterbacks. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. Uh, yes, neither one is an NFL quarterback. Let's go ahead, close the book on that, and move to our next take. <laughs> From carry on Johnson season? Oh, so we have to keep that in mind. We've got a Lions fan here for this take. And he said, everyone should stop freaking out about Aaron Rodgers returning after getting carted off because if you're the most important player to your team and the highest paid player, no way in hell they let you walk to the locker room when you need further examination. So, Kyle, I'm glad you're going first here. Is this Was the whole carting him to the locker room overblown? Are we giving too much praise to Rodgers for the heroic Monday night comeback? No, and I don't think it necessarily has to do with the card, right? Like everybody saw a defender fall on his leg, and you saw him immediately grab at that knee. And uh, you saw him be unable to throw and shift weight onto his front leg as he throws. Every throw he did in the second half was essentially all Uh arm. Joe, they were all perfect throws. Uh It was un. Believable, And so, I mean, you can erase the whole cart thing from the message here. If you can tell me, hey, Aaron Rodgers had a guy fall on his plant leg, needed to miss the remainder of the first half, was removed from the game after clutching at his knee, then comes back out, cannot put weight on that leg, and wills this team back from a 20-point deficit, that magic is still there for me. So it's not about the cart. It's about the conditions. Yeah, man, that's well said, Kyle. That dude, nothing on that leg. 
and he was just dicing up the Bears, man. And I think everybody knows by this point how infatuated I am with Aaron Rodgers. And so just another reason for me to love that man and watching him play quarterback. And that's why he's appointment TV every time he's in the lineup. Aaron Rodgers, early NFL MVP. All right, Cal, you get this next one to lead off. Stop. You just named him MVP after one game. I only, do we have to go back to this last week? I only have I only have one game sample size to go off you of. You should not be making one game sample size. Well, that's all I have. Proclamations. Right that's all I have. Right the, now, he's my NFL MVP. Joe, what did you tell me in the pre-show? We need to have opinions, <laughs> but we don't need to have all opinions on everything. Well, I have this one. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got? Who's your NFL MVP after one game? Uh, TJ Watt. Oh, please. He had, oh, he's had please. a defensive player of the year after one game, but he's not. Okay. Yeah. Give me Miles. Give me Miles Jack. 10 tackles, interception, and touchdown. No. As what? No, I'm only going over? to give you. Jeez. You know, I'm only going to give you brand <laughs> answers. I'm not going to give you a legit answer. All right. I'm ready to be this is supposed to be the people's takes, not yeah. our takes. Let's get back on track here. Yes. We have a take from Bo. B-E-A-U, Bo, not B-O-Bo. The AFC North is a two-team race between, get this, Joe, the Ravens and the Bengals, as long as Le'Veon Bell is out for Pittsburgh. I'm glad you're tackling this one first, because <laughs> if I was going first, I'd bring a little heat here. I think it's a three-team race. I really do. I, I think the Steelers are the favorite. I know they're 0-0-1 with a stinker against the uh, the Browns there. And Ben Roethlisberger, just some of the weirdest decisions I've ever seen him make with the football. But he's Ben. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's going to be okay. That offense is going to be dynamic. It was good. James Conner produced well. I don't know if Bell's coming back. I don't think he should. I don't think he should be welcome back, to be honest with you. Concerns with some of the defense, some of the secondary lapses, but – I think the Steelers are still the class of this division. Now, I love the Ravens' defense, but I'm not going to sit there and, and get all kinds of crazy about them you know, destroying the Buffalo Bills with Nate Peterman at quarterback at home in a monsoon. Look, I mean, there's a lot more for them to prove. Now, you know what I think about the Bengals. I don't think they're a division contender, but I think they're a wild card contender for sure. So I think there's three quality teams in the AFC North. The Steelers are still the class of three-team race. Well, Marvin Lewis needs to be applauded for finally letting Joe Mixon touch the football in high volume. Joe, did you know Joe Mixon played less than 40% of the snaps last year for the Cincinnati Bengals? I did. 39% of the snaps. Well, week one, he got 85% of the carries. 17 carries. Uh, Gio Bernard got two. Andy Dalton got one. I'm here for it. Free Joe Mixon. Um. Yeah, I I don't want to make an overreaction here. I do think Pittsburgh is not as untouchable in this division by any means. Uh, I think their interior linebacker play is a question. Obviously, it was when Shazier went down, and they didn't bring in any notable high-profile talents to address that situation. Uh, Artie Burns was punked by Jarvis Landry pretty much all game. Uh, was not a good look for Artie Burns. Sean Davis is kind of in a prove-it year. Uh, they wasted, they flushed their first-round pick down the toilet in Terrell Edmonds. Uh, so defensively, there's some some issues in the back seven. Offensively, with Le'Veon Bell, I think that's the least of their worries. Because this, uh, it was an incredible stat, Joe. I don't know if you saw it, but somebody had the splits of Pittsburgh's running back production 
with and without Le'Veon Bell. And um, they averaged like 12 less rushing yards per game, but had twice as many rushing touchdowns per game than what Le'Veon has had in those splits per game. And then the receiving was like two less receptions to the or to the the backs for like an extra you know fifteen yards when Le'Veon's in the game. So because this passing offense is so wide open, they have so many targets. I think they're going to be able to manufacture empty boxes enough that James Conner will be fine. Like I understand why Pittsburgh is playing hardball with Le'Veon in the contract situation, and I understand why Le'Veon is holding out and protecting his value. When you have teammates and Le'Veon start taking pot shots at each other and Le'Veon gets all snooty on Twitter after the tie with the uh, eyeglass emoji, like that's when I start to take exception and say, okay, let's not act like children here. Like Le'Veon's got to look out for his best long-term interests. I get that. I understand that. Pittsburgh, from a personnel perspective, they could probably afford to let Le'Veon go and the opportunity cost is going to allow them to retain many other positions and they can get a marginally reduced return on the running back position. So I get it from both sides. Uh, but to answer this question about the two-team race, uh, Cincinnati, I, I don't trust the coaching staff and I don't trust Joe Flacco. So I, I don't think Le'Veon's absence really in the long term impacts my choice of Pittsburgh being the class of the AFC North. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore. And don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns. He had 53 total tackles. Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Week one will lie to you, by the way. It's weird. Just keep that in mind. A lot of football. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. September will lie to you. Yeah, it will. September will break someone's heart this year. Just hoping it's not the Dolphins. So far, so good, man. So far, so good. But then they've got a favorable early schedule, and they do not have a favorable late schedule. Joe, um, I'm due for a take. Do you have one for me? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Uh, this one comes from Smoking These Meats. Uh, the Terps, Maryland Terps, will have more players drafted than Michigan State and will finish third in the Big East. Nah, you wild. Big Ten East, by the uh, way. Big Ten East, I'm sorry. Yeah, Big Ten East. So Michigan State will have Lewerke if he comes out. LJ Scott will be drafted. Um. That linebacker? Felton Davis, Felton Davis will be drafted. They have at least 
two defensive backs, David Dowell and Justin Lane, that are probably going to get drafted. Um, if Joe Bacci Jr. enters the draft class, he will get drafted. Uh, they have defensive tackle 99 is a draftable player. Maryland has Ty Johnson. And Ty Johnson. Uh, that's not true. De- defensively, they have... Um, they have a couple defensive backs who I like. Tino Ellis is one of the corners. He's pretty underrated. He's like 6'1". Um, no. I the, the math does not add up here for Baltimore or for, for Maryland. Even though Maryland has a couple really strong defensive back prospects, and I like Ty Johnson a lot, I just think Michigan State has more talent, and uh, I don't see a pathway for Maryland to finish third in the Big Ten East when that division includes Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and Maryland. I agree. Uh, you're, you're the Big Ten guy, so I don't, I'm not going to disagree with anything. I, I agree with you. Flaming take from Michael Shepard. Yeah. Browns will make the playoffs. Joe, we've kind of talked about this with some schedule prediction stuff. Has your mind changed having seen Cleveland not lose in week one? Not at all. Uh, oh. No, look. I mean, I think if you play Baker, I think that increases your chances. But with Tyrod, and if you Taylor, fire you, well, yeah, neither one of those things are going to happen right away. But Tyrod, look, Browns fans saw vintage Tyrod Taylor. Been watching the man for three years. Great person, outstanding leader, works his ass off. But he's super underdeveloped as a passer, and it will be the problem with the Browns. You're going to be so frustrated because you got good weapons at Landry Gordon. Joku, but he's just so underdeveloped in terms of processing the defense and that leading to a trigger and him throwing the ball consistently accurately. You saw the underthrows. You saw the slow processing. You saw him wanting to stare down targets and wait for them to truly establish themselves as open, and he will be the Achilles heel of this team. Love him as the bridge quarterback, but they're not making the playoffs until until either one, Baker Mayfield's their starting quarterback, or Hugh Jackson's not the head coach. Uh, I think either one of those two things are very positive things for them actually being a playoff team. I don't see it yet. I mean, this team has a fair amount of talent. No, no question. No question. But this team has a conservative veteran quarterback that's playing because the coaching staff needs to win to keep their jobs. And at the end of the day, they still have a terrible coaching staff in place. I think that's too much to overcome. I don't think this is the year for Cleveland, but they are close. Yeah. They are much, much closer than their record of late would indicate. Yeah, they'll win a game this year. I, I'll go out on a limb and say they'll win a couple games this year, Joe. Maybe even three or four. They'll get a crooked number on the board. How's yeah. that? Yeah, I'm with you. Rip off these last couple here. What This one's a good one for yeah. you, Kyle, here from Chaz. The draft-eligible Ohio State defensive line will all be drafted before the draft-eligible Clemson defensive line. So the last remaining defensive lineman from the two groups will two groups will be from Clemson. What you got? This isn't a this isn't a bad take, Joe. I would ask you as the ACC guy. Uh, I'm very well versed on all of these prospects. Yeah. Um, who's the worst defender on the Clemson line? Would you consider that to be Austin Bryant? Yeah, I think the other three are top fifty for sure, and then Austin Bryant somewhere fifty to one hundred. So you think all four are top one hundred players? Yeah, I do. I think I think that's a very reasonable stance to take on the Clemson D line. Uh, from the Ohio State defensive line, Nick Bosa will be gone. Probably will be the first of the entire group. 
Uh, you have Robert Landers and Draymond Jones as the other two. I like Robert Landers a lot. I don't know how much the NFL is going to like a shorter armed, short defensive tackle. And Draymond Jones for me is very boomer bust. I could see him being a polarizing guy. You've seen some guys um, from Ohio State that have played that penetration role, uh, like Bennett in recent years, uh, came into their final season very highly regarded, ended up being day three picks. So I will I still think Ohio State's group, even though I really like Landers and I understand why people like Draymond Jones and he's got a lot of buzz right now. Um I think their interior group has more questions. So I would side with Ohio State's unit having the last man standing in the available player pool when, when the draft comes this time next year. Does Jonathan Cooper come into this? Because he's their other starter at defensive end. So like if he's in the mix, then it's definitely him last, right? Is there anything to be excited about him as a draft-eligible talent? Can he change bodies with Chase Young? <laughs> that would be nice because – That would be yeah. wonderful. <laughs> But I think Chase that's Young the problem with this discussion. Yeah, I mean, all, all that guy, I don't even know if Jonathan Cooper's draftable. I need to do more work on him, but he doesn't seem to be in the same caliber of discussion. He did, not, he did not to yeah. stand out to me, I would say that, from studying the Ohio State defense. Joe, last take. Yeah. Matt Engel. This is a great take, <laughs> and I think we may have some, some polarizing responses here. John Gruden will be fired after two years with the Raiders. Hashtag takes on takes. The man got the hashtag in. We had to give him a read. Yeah, I think this is not a chance. I think John Gruden's going to be the coach of the Raiders for a long time. And I think what they owe Gruden and, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, the fan base, is to give him an opportunity to sink or swim. And part of that is getting the roster the way that he wants it. And it's, it's disappointing to see how that has evolved to this point. But if you think that after next season, John Gruden's gone and, and they're going to pay him eight more seasons to not coach, it's not going to happen, especially with that team moving, the fees associated with it. We understand that part of the, the issue with the MAC deal is they just didn't have the capital on hand to commit. I mean, there are financial implications here. John Gruden's going to coach the Raiders for a while, and he deserves that opportunity, whether we agree with him or not, to, uh, to get this team the way he wants it and then see what happens. Yeah, you don't sign 10-year, $100 million fully guaranteed contracts and then cut them after two years. It just it doesn't happen. So I, I think, you know, Mark Davis kind of set the hook in his own mouth here where they're on the line. They got to take the ride. You, you can't get off this roller coaster on the first hill up, right? Like, yeah. You're stuck with Gruden for at least the majority of this contract. Like, I don't see any way after you know, year five because you still ha- you'd have to pay him ten million over the course of five years. That still financially is extremely wasteful, and and this team being in Las Vegas, uh, you have to think they're going to try to try to continue to be a splash franchise. And that would involve if you fire John Gruden, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to get a buzzy name to replace him as head coach of your football team. And I can't see them paying two buzzy coaches, even if one is a total bust. So uh, Gruden's in it for long haul, unfortunately for Raider Nation, Joe. Uh, We are also in it for the long haul here on the Draft Dudes podcast. 
You like that segue out? Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, smooth. We're also in it for the long haul here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, so hit that subscribe button. Follow along with us. Monday through Friday, we bring you the takes. Uh, we do some Instagram live stuff. Make sure you swing over. Check out the Instagram. It's the Draft Network. We make it nice and easy for you. Swing over to draftnetwork.com and check out some of our latest stuff. Uh, Joe has Six Pack Thursday coming out in a couple days. I had Studs and Duds recapping the week that was in college and pro football. A lot of fun content in there. Uh, tomorrow on the site, I have some stuff on Dexter Lawrence talking about that Clemson defensive line coming up. Joe, anything fun you have coming up you want to plug? Got some Hunter Renfro content coming through. I didn't oh, know we're Clemson heavy tomorrow, huh? Or well, today it's going to be ACC day on the show or on the on the site. Mm. Well, that'll be great. Clemson Tigers fans, swing on through. If you love scrappy, gritty, white receivers, you can swing on through too. Joe's got you covered. <laughs> you Joe's got it. your back. Read it. If you like that Hunter Renfro free, so you can hit Joe up on Twitter. He's at the Joe Marino. If you like that Dexter Lawrence piece coming on Wednesday, you can hit me up at Grinding the Tape on Twitter. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.